You are listening to Around Comics, episode 210, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and Witchblade, the anime series. This is Around Comics, the comic culture podcast, where each week a revolving panel of guests talk about everything in and around the world of comic books and comics culture. And Around Comics is recorded at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you're in the area, please drop by, which we have more people than last week, which was really just an hour ago, because I guess people <laughs> thawed out and actually started coming to the show, because it's, uh, it's like... Five degrees outside. It's cold. It is cold. It's twenty. It's twenty, 20 degrees. degrees. It's cold. You, if you don't have a coat, you'll die. You'll die. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I wore shorts so today. I wore oh, shorts really? to the gym. Yeah, but oh, to the oh, to the. I was going to say I was two outside months? in the cold, and it didn't bother me. And you're you like a mountain crazy. man, though, Mike. Yeah. You're <laughs> It's fighting a wolverine. <laughs> well, hey, folks, uh, I'm Christopher Neesman. Let me get you introduced to uh, this week's panel. Uh, first of all, uh, DC exclusive artist, Mr. Mike Norton. Okay, Pain I'm, of the I'm, industry. I'm not, okay, I won't call you exclusive artist. I am a artist. parasite <laughs> sucking everything that's good out of the comic book business. Lucy has no idea what we're talking about. You don't need teeth, do you? <laughs> to be a These comic are all oh. <laughs> See? Uh, Mr. Brian Salazar, yes. my partner in crime. How you doing, sir? I'm fantastic. Just Oakley, and I'm not. I don't. I'm not. That's not a statement of my well-being. It's what I am. You just are fantastic. I just am fantastic. Yeah. Did you buy some new nunchucks this week? No, no. But uh, but the nunchuck talk has inspired me uh, to do something new. I think I'm, I'm doing. What? Buy another pair of nunchucks. <laughs> oh no. I think I'm going to start a new podcast. About uh, nunchucks? About uh, uh, super ridiculous things in this world, mostly weapons. I oh, think. that's I'm awesome. It, the Overkill can I come show. on and talk Absolutely. about Ninja Stars? Yes, you can. I hope oh, that you would. Because I had this sweet camouflage one when I was... <laughs> See? I lost it in the woods. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to call it the Overkill show. So. Oh, man, that's awesome. It's, uh, it's going to be all things it, outrageous. The logo for the, for the show is like a 45... But a nickel-plated forty-five made into a knife, and the, <laughs> it's like an anime it's, character. Yeah. yeah, the barrel is actually a knife. The, the <laughs> slogan, the slogan for my show I think is I've "Seen that in like Final Fantasy." Or <laughs> it's better to have it, not need it, than need it, not have it. But, that's wow. That's so you're gonna get the South's vote for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and our special guest this week is the uh, the writer and artist of the recently released original graphic novel French Milk. She is Miss Lucy Nisley. Yes, that's Nisley. Right. I keep on wanting to call you Kinsley. But I know it's, Nisley. it's the K at the beginning. It oh, always throws me. But it's nicely. So, uh, Lucy, thank you so much for uh, for coming by the show this he evening. Also says knife. 
Right, yeah. connect. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. It's like, how do you, how do you pronounce grammar. this? She's like, yeah. uh, like it's spelled. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, before we uh, before we talk with uh, with Lucy here about French milk, I want to remind everyone that this episode of Around Comics is sponsored by InStockTrades.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Waiting for the trade has never been easier. InStockTrades.com offers a huge selection of the collected editions you need. InStockTrades is your source for trade paperbacks, deluxe hardcovers, essentials, showcases, archives, absolute editions, omnibus omnibus editions, and more. All at great discounted prices. And remember that all orders over $50 do, in fact, ship for free. I think it's time to rewrite that spot. It says everything it needs to. I know, but you've been saying it for like three years now. I can almost do it by... No, I can do it by heart. I don't even know why I have the paper. You know, I put in a nice order today. Uh, I picked up... um, uh, As opposed to the horrible orders you usually put in? That's what you usually say. Oh, well. Um, I picked up the the uh, Spider-Man One More Day, the the, the, uh, Craven's First Hunt. Last time. Last or first time. No, it is. Oh, okay. It's the female new oh. Craven. Oh, spoilers. Uh, oh, uh, finally, I uh, picked up the uh, the Abe Sapien uh, trade paperback. And uh, someone that Jason... The Drowning? Had, yes, that uh, Jason that, Alexander that, did. Oh, that's in trade now? It's in trade now. He's uh, awesome. What else? Uh, the James Jean uh, Fables cover book. Which is just absolutely gorgeous, and uh, I got uh, the complete bone for my uh, for my shut up for my, for my <laughs> you cannot for my laugh, nephew. Not laugh. You got yeah. a complete bone. Yeah. So whenever I give it to him, I'll use Christmas. Tom. Yeah, you've You're been bone. Boned. You've been bone. You've been bone. That's from Tom Cater. It's a lovely gift. It's yeah, the gift that keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Cater, speaking of, is uh, is on assignment in uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah, what's he doing out there? Uh, I think that he's beginning the vetting process for uh, Secretary of Accounting. Secretary. That would be Treasury. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, 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 that's his fake fake Hillary's cabinet. He's taking the uh, Secretary of State position. I heard today. Yes. Yeah. This is like two weeks. This will be out two weeks. Oh, after. she's already done something horrible. <laughs> Something <laughs> I don't know. I'm awesome. All right. I'm just so in stock trades. They're good. They're, they're good people. Um, all right. Well, Lucy, you <clears throat> have recently come out with a really fun graphic novel. It is uh, uh, Touchstone Books, which is an imprint of Simon and Schuster. Correct. Yes, that's right. Which um, you're going to make a lot of people really, really angry because you're like um, eleven. You're like eleven, <laughs> and you, and you have an original graphic novel that has been published by a book publisher. Yeah. And, How and dare you? <laughs> too much success. What too early. Like I'm so sorry. Like Citizen Kane over here. <laughs> what, what? Let's start there before we actually talk about the book. How in heaven's name did you get a book deal? as, like, your, this is your first published work, right? Yes, yes it is. That's amazing. Thank you. How did that happen? Well, um, so... Tell for, me your secrets. <laughs> right. Oh, sorry. For my uh, 22nd birthday, my mom and I went to France, and I, uh, I was sort of at this weird precipice in my life, so I decided to document it in journal form. I came back with it. I thought, well, I could either put some of this online for people to look at, because I had sort of a little bit of an online following, or I could make it into a mini-comic and sell it at some of the indie comic festivals that I go to, but... I read through it. It's like close to 200 pages. So I was like, this is going to be really hard to staple. Mm-hmm. And I should probably. <laughs> the, kink, the Kinko's bill. Yeah. Alone. I just came yeah. down to that. Yep. Can't staple it. I got to get a pulp That's right. So I think I'll get a I'm not strong deal. enough. I need to like buy an industrial stapler or look into self publishing. Awesome. So, um, so that's where I turned. I turned to self publishing. And my parents actually run a small uh, publishing company and uh, they have a division that's self publishing. So I actually got the like pride and joy discount 
um, through them, through this company called Epigraph. And uh, so I published that through them, and they hook it up with Amazon, that sort of thing. And um, so then I had these nice sort of... Uh, very professional looking books and I brought them to a lot of the indie comic festivals that I go to and uh, at MOCA, the Museum of Comic and Cartoon Arts Festival, it got picked up by a um, very keen Simon & Schuster editor mm -hmm. who was there sort of trolling for new talent. Yes, Simon yes, an absolute genius, genius visionary. visionary, exactly. And, uh, and she picked it up and a couple weeks later I got the email that just said, hey, you know, we're interested in the book and uh, let's talk about contracts. Wow. Good lord! Yeah, just easy as pie. Just see, see how easy it is to break into <laughs> this industry, kids. Yeah, just, <laughs> just go to France with your mom. Oh yeah, and don't <laughs> suck. Yeah, well there is that. <laughs> you gotta try that not helped. to. Yeah. That is well, yeah, the people that you are hooked up with at through at, at Touchstone are, I, I can tell that they care because I've received like. 20 emails from uh, from I believe it's Stacy. Yes, a very diligent publicist. And she's just like, you know, let me send you the book and here, can you do a review and oh, Lucy lives in Chicago, can she come by the show? And I'm just like, yes, bring, yes, okay, stop emailing me. You know? uh, no, she was she was great and okay. uh, and obviously cares about the work because she's been very diligent about uh, about having us talk with you. And okay. here you are. Um, Sorry, I just got to the manatee page. <laughs> There's some manatee love in this. I love manatees. <laughs> Who doesn't? Well, the the actual book it, it's it's French milk, and it, as you already alluded to, it is your written and drawn journal of a uh, little book ended, you know, here in the states, but but the majority of the book is about the month that you spent with your mom living in France. Yes, that's and right. and eating. Yeah. <laughs> lots and lots and lots yeah, of Yeah, about eating. 24 hours a day eating. <laughs> Which, I want to talk about that. I mean, that that is an amazing thing that a lot of people only dream about to say, I want to go live in Paris for a month. How did that happen? Your mom must really like you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm the baby. I'm the, the only child. <laughs> okay. She, um, so, you know, like I said, I was graduating from college, and we were sort of becoming a little more independent of each other. And uh, my mom's a former professional chef. She worked as a chef for many years. And uh, so I've sort of been brought up around food and art, and um, that's where our real um, sort of common loves are in food and art. So the whole idea of going to Paris for her 50th birthday and my... Mecca. Yeah, exactly. We were going there as, like, pilgrims to worship at the altars of the things that we love together, and it was really, like... The altar of the croissant. Right, exactly. <laughs> of the foie gras. Um, the foie gras. Goose liver. You don't know about this? I know. The Chicago, like... Controversial food items. Yeah, you oh, got wow. into like the whole ban. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I I have strong feelings about the ban. Well, you know, I had strong feelings <laughs> about more. the ban because one of my favorite. Um, I can't even really call it a restaurant. It is, but it's not. Uh, hot dogs. Uh, oh, I love hot dogs. Everybody with taste. Yeah. Why, why do you go to hot dogs on Saturday? To get the uh, duck fat fries flagra and the fries. Yeah. Oh my god. They they do their fries in duck fat. Yeah, yeah. it's un un unreal. Are so good. Sorry. You can only get the duck fat fries on Saturdays, yep. and it's like line out the door. Every he week. actually, um, they shut him down because he refused to um, adhere to the foie gras uh, ban. Yeah. yeah. Why is like, there a ban on duck fat? It's uh, it's not duck fat. It's duck liver that's yeah. been overstuffed. So they they overfeed the ducks, and it's kind of cruel. 
Um, pork tacos. Well, yeah, but think about like KFC <laughs> chickens. Have, well, you know, like they're kept in a box. They never see chickens. the light of day. They, they never touch ground. It's, like it's I'd rather ducks. be a foie gras duck fed to death. <laughs> oh, forget it. That's like that's how I want to go out. Yeah, it's like, I think that sounds just like justification for <laughs> if you're ruling for my favorite food. Yes. I know. If you it's remember the, the Simpsons episode where uh, where Homer goes to hell and 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 they, they keep stuffing, stuffing donuts, donuts in, yeah. that's kind of how they make foie gras. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's yeah. yeah. I don't blame you for not eating the fries, Mike. I oh, think. It's, uh, oh, it's so rich, so good though. <laughs> I'm just uh, a picky eater. Uh, um, you don't give a shit about. I don't ducks. care about ducks. Yeah. How did, I'll how eat did, the head off of them if you taste it good. I just... <laughs> now, how did you how did you come up with the the idea that one there I want to do a uh, an artist journal and th- this is by by the way this is not. What I would call a, a sequential graphic novel. It is really, you know, one page kind of tells the story of that day or something that happened in a day. And you have a couple, you know, that that run a few pages. But um, how did you come up with the idea that you were going to do the kind of this this, jur- this art journal? Well, I'd been sort of um, doing autobiographical comics and that sort of thing all through college, and um, I really just uh, I looked at things like um, Craig Thompson's Carnet de Voyage. Um, was a big inspiration, of course, and um, all sorts of, you know, the way that people documented their work in, you know, the the Montmartre, like, bars where people would paint in their journals and write in their journals. And, um, you know, I wanted to be able to write about my experiences and the things I ate and saw and be able to illustrate it as well. And there are actually photographs in the book as well mm-hmm. to sort of add another visual dimension. It kind of grounds you back to, right. you know, it's like, oh, well, this is what the people actually look like. Or exactly. this is, you know, the carnage of a dinner that you have been, <laughs> you know, at and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, you can actually see, um, I, I don't even really know if it's an evolution of an artist throughout it, but you, you can see that you're playing with some different styles and in that, you know, it's... It, um, it, it does feel like it's okay. This is a person that is still trying to kind of find themselves as, as an artist and is right. still trying different things. And ha- have you, have you, do you feel like you've kind of found a style at this point or are you still kind of learning and growing? And... Definitely learning and growing. I'm in my second year at uh, the Center for Cartoon Studies and, you know, they're encouraging us always to be the trying to. What are you doing different... that for? You got a published <laughs> book already. You're wasting your time. You, Come on. You, you walk in, you know, with your, with your book and say, look at this, suckers. <laughs> Give me my degree yeah. right now. Publish. Everybody must hate you there. Oh man, you have no idea. <laughs> well, um, you're at the Center for Cartoon Studies now. Um, which where is that located at? It's, it's in Vermont. Uh, okay. It's a White River Junction, Vermont, which is like the little butthole of Vermont. Can I say that on, oh, on the yes. podcast? Yes, sure. Yeah. Okay. It, it's just like this really small town, mm-hmm. um, surrounded by really nice towns. <laughs> so. Uh, so I spent last year there, and it's great because you really focus on your work because uh, there's not much else, Nothing else to, to, do. to focus on. Look at trees. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you but you started your uh, your uh, your college education here in Chicago yes. at the 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 School of the Art Institute of Chicago. Yeah, I graduated there. And you still live here in Chicago, yep. but go to school in Vermont. <laughs> right. But you're from Albany. I'm from upstate New York. Yeah. Okay. Originally Manhattan. Okay, this is a world, and you lived for a month in Paris. That's I hate right. you. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> you world travel. There's so nice. many reasons th- for people to hate me. I'm, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I'm this world traveled gal and published and. Well, maybe if you were talented. <laughs> I know if I had if, if you yeah, had any yeah, talent if I could do more than stick figures. All of us. Yeah, right? I know. Already. I know. Get out of here. No, I'm <laughs> um, 
Uh, what was your experience at the uh, at the Art Institute like? Because we we've actually talked to several, uh, Jeffrey Brown went to the Art Institute, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Wachter. Dave Wachter is a is a grad. Really, I didn't yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you like your time at the Art Institute? I've been I there. really liked it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people. The school, not, the school, not the museum. Oh, <laughs> well, you know. Oh crap! Whoops. <laughs> But there's uh, there's actually quite a lot of uh, uh, comic uh, artists that, yeah. that are there. Yeah, Jeremy Tinder is coming out of there. Lily Carey, a lot of like indie people are coming out of there now, um, and it's great. It's actually sort of developing a little bit of a um, sort of style, like a school of of comics from the Art oh, Institute, which is strange because there's no comics program at the Art Institute. Um, wow. Yeah, there's no concentration. It. But uh, they're one of the only art schools in the country that really isn't concentrating on comics um, Mm -hmm. as an art form. But it's changing, actually. Um, My friend Jeremy Tinder, who graduated and did um, a couple books with uh, for a second. Yeah, Yeah. he's wonderful. Um, And and Lily Lily Carey, uh, her uh, uh, Woodsman Woodsman Pete Pete. from Top Mm -hmm. Shelf. That's Lily Carey. Yeah, it's an excellent book. Yeah, they've got some good talent coming out of that school. And then, you know, Jeffrey. You know, they don't need no comics program, apparently. (laughs) Apparently, yeah. It's like like, uh, Rocky IV. They don't need the the fancy training. They go out in the woods and chop (laughs) shit up. Give this man a tree trunk. Maybe paper the old Comics pioneers. Well, I mean, there's maybe something to be said of, of, you know, the more traditional learning of art there yeah and, i mean we get traditional and, painting and, and, classes to, that but, we have to work with <laughs> yeah and but that translates maybe into uh you know the different style of, of cartooning and, and mm. comic art that you see coming out of right it. definitely now now why the um <laughs> just out of curiosity uh why the need to now go to the to the center of cartoon studies so are you really wanting to learn the craft of sequential storytelling are you just uh, like being in school <laughs> um it was sort of a mix between the fact that i like to be in school and uh I also was really intrigued by all of the visiting artists and the faculty that they had there. I mean, they have people like Linda Berry and James Kachalka and Steve Bissett is like, mm-hmm. you know, he teaches everyday classes. Really? That yeah, it's unbelievable. Wow. I think uh, Al- 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 Alison Bechtel. You're not going, Bechtel, you're not going back to school. Last last year. Year. No. very nice. I actually, you know, I was, <laughs> I, I was coming back from New England last year and. Well, see, so you're traveled. Well, yeah, I was I was in uh, New Hampshire in the airport, getting ready. To, uh, my wife and I were getting ready to fly back to uh, Chicago, and I met this gal that went to the Center for Cartoon Studies, and I can't remember her name. Oh, no. Do you know her? Save my life. Um, well, it is a tiny school, and there are only about three girls in the whole school. So, yeah, yeah. what did she look like? Little girl with the uh, kind of horn rim glasses. Oh, that was Robin Chapman. Robin Chapman. Yes, yes, oh, that is yeah, her. That I know Robin. Yeah. I know who Robin Chapman is. Yeah, I met her at SPX. Long time. I think it was her first thing she had ever done. Oh, wow. She was that was like for her first trip there. Now yeah, she's publisher like a of True Porn, indie she's... superstar Robin <laughs> Chapman. Now. Yeah, very nice gal. It's um, right. I think she I was... was very nervous when I met her. She was like very quiet, well, you're and very nervous. Tall. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it was SBX. Everybody's like thinking I'm a narc or something. <laughs> yeah, you were like, why man. are you here? <laughs> well, I was I was coming back from the New York Comic Con. We had spent a couple of days up in New England. We were flying back to Chicago, but it was. That weekend, the next weekend after New York was uh, Stumptown out in oh, out in Portland. So she was on her way to to Portland, and she saw me. I was reading, I think Jeremy Hahn's uh, Narcoleptic Sunday. Oh really? And and she saw me reading that in the very small airport in New Hampshire, and she's like, "Are you going to Portland?" I'm like, "No, I'm going to Chicago." But why do you ask? And so, <laughs> and so yeah, I got to know her a little. Very very oh, nice. nice gal. Very yeah, nice gal. She's great.
going back to kind of the style of French Milk, like I said, it's not really a sequential art traditional comic book. Do you, uh, is this something that you that you see doing more in this style, or are you going to do sequentials? Is that something that, that you're interested in, or is this kind of something that you want to stick with as far as your storytelling device? Well, most of the stuff I'm working on now is, is pretty traditional sequential mm -hmm. um, comic stuff, but I took uh, some ideas from French Mouth, like um, I hadn't realize how much uh, I talk about food in the book <laughs> until I got home and people were like I, you know all the, all of this entire book is about food mm -hmm. and so I thought well you know I, I liked writing about food people seem to like reading about food so uh, the book I'm working on right now is a sequential graphic novel about food so <laughs> so that's sort of a nice progression I think from I was telling you earlier whenever I was reading the book uh, a few nights ago it was like 10 o'clock and I'm about three-quarters of the way through it and I kept getting up to go to the refrigerator and I would open the refrigerator and do you know kind of the refrigerator stare where it's like what do I want I'm like I'm not hungry why am I standing in front of the refrigerator every page of this book has something to do with food mm -hmm. and it, it, which I'm sure is a lot of living in Paris for a month it's, right you know we measure time in between meals yeah there. exactly um, but uh, I found out what uh, a French pickle uh, what Cornichon. Yeah. That just sounds dirty. <laughs> Sorry. The French pickle. I don't know. Well, you know, the... it's it's. I'm I'm like my wife minored in in French, and I was like, "What is this?" And she's like, "Oh, it's a pickle." I'm just like, Why didn't she just say pickle? <laughs> You're not saying it right. Did uh, Did you have any um, qualms about you know writing uh, basically showing people your diary? Yeah. In, in, in some, I mean, we're, we're, you mean I, like. Guilt that I'm well, doing something so self-indulgent? No, 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 not at all. I, I mean, did, did you ever have any questions about? Well, you know, is this you know things that I want to show people? Oh, I'm right. Gonna, yeah. You talk about your I mean, sex life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You talk about. Uh, um, I know the two times in the book where you had your period. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's like, wow, she's really keeping a journal. It's like, true, yeah. I don't know if I need to know this, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 very much a journal. It's some very personal stuff that's going through. You know how and you know your how personal it is you walked in with this gentleman over here and I said John and he's like yeah and I was like wow I'm really glad because if you weren't John I'd feel like an asshole I know I know your boyfriend from this book and that right. was one of the things I wanted to ask you whenever you came here is are you still with John <laughs> you know, so, what's yeah. the season finale yeah <laughs> But yeah, is it is it is it weird having that? I mean, I know I feel like, like I know contractually a lot of... obligated to be together now. I know forever. Every fan of mine will forever be like, "How's John? What's going on with John? You and John?" Um, but hate you. Oh yeah. But is that is that odd? Kind of putting that much of yourself out there. Well, other than John's mom, who reads my work, I'm not really that embarrassed about the, most of the stuff. But, but you know, she reads it, and I'm kind of like, I'm sorry <laughs> to be exposing your son to, about this. But um. But other than that, you know, like something that I, I felt pretty strongly about is that uh, there's so many uh, very confessional male comic artists that, you know, Joe Matt, who writes about really intimate, embarrassing things in his life, you know, I, I masturbated 14 times today. And like, okay, you don't really have to know that. He's but, proud of that, though. Oh, he's not, totally. He's not, I, well, it's yeah. Not embarrassing. <laughs> it's, that's not so confessional as it is, yeah, bragging. I'll, guar I'll guarantee you he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> what? So not get into a contest here. Yeah, <laughs> <on the> podcast. <laughs> what the? 
Good lord. He'll come and prove it to you. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. You want to bet, mister? <laughs> I'm editing that out. <laughs> what are we talking about? Get back to the book. Uh, what were, yeah, what, uh... Oh, embarrassment about yes. my journal. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's, it's funny when people come up to me and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, when you got your period and, like, we're premenstrual and stuff like that. And I'm just like, yeah, you know about that now. That's swell. But for the most part, like, uh, you know, it's it's not like I'm talking about my most horrible, intimate moments. Sure, sure. Um, there's, like, a, a scene in the book where I have a panic attack about um, finances. And, like, every 22-year-old, I think, can identify with that moment of just being like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to live in a box. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Staring um, down student loans. Right, exactly. And actually having to go out and work and repo you know, my car. Yeah. <laughs> one, of, one of the things that, that is impressive for me is that you have accomplished what no other comic book creator that I know of has. You have created a graphic novel that my wife liked. <laughs> and that is that is no small achievement. Woohoo, that's awesome. Um, she's got this, uh, I asked her, I'd have her read a ton of stuff. And she'll oh, be like, that poor woman. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah it's like, she read uh, uh, Alex Robinson's uh, Tricked, mm-hmm. and, which I love. And I was like, how was she? Like, eh, it's all right. I'm just like, come on, come on, throw me a bone. Um, but yeah, she sat years down, and I was like, what do you think? She's like, I, I loved it. I was like, really? Why? She's like, because I didn't feel like I had to be sad or feel guilty about anything. It was really nice to just read a story about a mother and a daughter that actually enjoy each other's company. Mm, thank you. Well, I'm, I'm glad she felt that way, because, uh, you know, a lot of criticism from the book has become, has become this sort of, like, well, it's not really a story, or, you know, it's, like, not really uh, about anything. Um, but... It's it's there. It's just, it's nice sort of to lay back and enjoy the ride sometimes with a comic. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like that my work is sort of letting people do that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It's, I don't want to call it a cute book. It's not not a cutesy book. But, I mean, there's there's not a tremendous amount of drama in Mm -hmm. it. It's, It's a nice story about about a mother and a daughter spending time with each other, doing something that most people only dream of. And, you know, you guys didn't have, like, this knockout confessional fight where it's like, you never loved me. And blah, blah, blah. Really? Man, I misread this thing because I thought there was... You know, it was... Right it was... The oh! <laughs> but, I was distracted. And, and that's, that's what my, my wife really enjoyed. And she wanted to, she made sure to tell me, well, tell her I liked it oh, and why. Thank you. Is, yeah, it's, um, uh, she read Fun Home. Which is is a is a great work, and uh, Josh from iFanboy had the best description of Fun Home. He he said, um, um, "I liked it. I didn't enjoy it. It's it, right. was, it was a very good, but it wasn't an enjoyable read." Where right, it's a little bit difficult. It's a very heavy, you know, very heavy subject matter. Yeah. And where yours is, I liked it and I enjoyed it. It was it was a, it was a nice light read. Okay, and, thank you. Yeah. So, um, so. Anyone out there with a spouse that uh, <laughs> you keep trying to get them to uh, to read comics and they they don't like Green Lantern, you know this this. I know I'm, I. They don't like she Green thinks Lantern. Green, she, what? she thinks Green Lantern is ridiculous. It well, makes me sad. Kind of <laughs> She's stupid. <laughs> you draw him. <laughs> draw Green Lantern. Yes, you do. Well, you occasionally. Did oh, I have a couple times. Yeah, I, I don't really like him. <laughs> you're, you're hurting me. It's a space cop. Come on, it's not stupid sounding when you say it out loud. Space. Well, when cop. you say it like that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, 
Speaking of uh, comics, uh, what comics do you enjoy? Are you a big X-Men fan? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, growing up, I read Archie comics um, okay. and Calvin and Hobbes and Tintin and Asterix. Uh, There's and a now Tintin I, in there. There is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I went to the Hergé show in Paris, and I write about it. Um, but There's the, also uh, giant styrofoam testicles. Yep, giant, a giant lavender-scented styrofoam testicles. Lavender-scented. I don't know. Oh, poor duck. No <laughs> one shot a duck. Oh, you have no right then. It was accidental. It was, oh, okay. I wasn't right. shooting Very at a well. deer. It was a drive-by <laughs> duck. A man. He was shooting at a man. He was running off. I was with shooting his, at a hunter who had, run I off, who had run off with your patriotic with my ducks. <laughs> So, um, I read mostly oh, independent yeah. comics? Um, well, or? yeah, I read a lot of independent comics. I read a lot of stuff by, like, friends that I know from... Uh, Hope Larson graduated from uh, the School of the Art I Institute. I was going to say this is sort of... it, uh, Not uh, evocative, but just the your brushwork is sort of, like... Oh, it thanks. reminded me a little bit. And also of Craig Thompson. Oh, too, thank so, you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Hope uh, contacted me when I was a freshman at the school and sort of took me under her wing, took me to my first comics convention. So uh, I read anything that she makes, of course. And um, I read, you know, whatever um, Mal makes, Brian O'Malley. Um, I read a lot of, uh, let's see, uh, Raina Tellminger. I think I'm pronouncing her name wrong. I've known her for years, and that there's no excuse because my name is always mispronounced by my friends. She, call, she calls you uh, Kinsley? Oh, everybody does. Everybody. <laughs> Kinsley, nicely, like everything. It's fine. Like, I don't care. But um, let's see, uh, Jess Fink, I love. She's an indie comic artist. I don't think she has anything professionally done. Uh, of course, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Tinder, um, Grant Reynolds is here in Chicago. I have sort of a little comic mm-hmm. collective here that I read all of their work that comes out. Lily Carre, of course. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a lot of indie people that I sort of have to keep up with all the time. So I'm they're friends. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, did you get my new book? Uh, um, yeah, on it. <laughs> um, it's on my nightstand. Right. So I'll talk to you about it next week. Exactly. This is David Peterson, creator of Mouse Guard, and you're listening to Around Comics. How did you enjoy the, all the I mean, there's a lot of lettering, obviously, in this. Uh, was that a fun experience, or was that sort of the work part of it more so than the, the, the well, fun drawing? Because I did it as a journal, it was like a little bit every night, so right. it's okay. But um, but when I like edited it for real, real publication, big publication... Um, there were just so many places where I had to fix the lettering mm. and so many misspellings. And, you know, <laughs> now, were you literally, I mean, uh, how much of this was done, you know, literally as you were going through the trip? Or did, did you do that, of most it. of wow. it? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, pictures of you, like, drawing right. where you're at a cafe. Complaining when you're on the train. Right, it's and it's moving. <laughs> <laughs> I can't draw right. Hey, wait a minute. That's Jeffrey Brown. <laughs> it does look like Jeffrey Brown. What are you doing on a bed with Jeffrey Brown? No, that's her. Oh. Whenever you look, whenever you're sick, you look like Jeffrey, I look like Brown. Jeffrey Brown. I guess. Jeffrey Brown is me sick. Perfect. <laughs> He's like the universal icon for sick people. Yeah, <laughs> he is. A little picture of Jeffrey yeah. Brown, yeah, well, a little cartoon. You're sick, so you kind of look like Jeff. <laughs> Very nice. So, um, uh, you talked about uh, the next book that you have in the works. Do you have a publication? date that you're looking at? Or? No, I, you know, I'd love to have a finished date that I'm looking at for that book. It's just one of, I'm using it as my thesis for uh, the Center for Cartoon Studies, and uh, it's sort of just, it keeps getting bigger. I keep coming up with more things I want to add. Uh, I have, like, this endless memory of food things that I've eaten that just keep entering into this book. So it's going on and on and on. Um, and 
hopefully hopefully it'll be done and published at some point <laughs> outstanding and uh and obviously you're, you're still here in chicago so uh, plans to stay in chicago is this is this home for you now or for the time being yeah okay. i mean i just moved back in july uh and i'm loving living back here it's great except we'll see how i feel in you know february yeah. Um, and then I'll be moving to Hawaii or whatever, you know, the warmest place I can find um, and afford. Yeah. So, not Hawaii. Not Hawaii. Not Hawaii. Not Hawaii. <laughs> Good point. Kentucky's yes. pretty cheap. Yes, I see, <laughs> I see Alabama in your future. Oh, so. yeah. did, you, did you take the pictures in the book? Did you I take took, all the pictures? Yeah, um, almost all of them. It's a great picture. That's your dad, right? Thank you. Yeah, that's my dad. Great. Yeah, I took almost all the pictures. There's a couple by my friend David of me and a few by my mom. Um, all the ones of me are, like, by my True. mom. <laughs> Well, Lucy, I think that's uh, I think we can we can wrap up and let you back into the into the city. What you you write so well about that's another thing I loved about it because I'm I, I love Chicago. It's uh, uh, I moved here because I love the city and uh, and uh, the love for Chicago definitely shines through. It's okay. uh, as much as you you talk about obviously Paris. It sounded like you were very happy to come back to to I this was. city. And there's um, you know. It, I daily kind of coined this this phrase that a lot of people have really made fun of that he wanted to make Chicago the Paris of the West. Right. But you actually kind of draw some you know many comparisons and uh, to see that this really is a, a cultural city. So I I enjoyed that and your well, kind of wrap you. up about it. So we we need better dairy. Obviously, right. Yes, so, that, which that could improve. Although we are really close to Wisconsin, so. Mm-hmm. And uh, announced today, which uh, which Sal and I heard on uh, NPR, the number one symphony orchestra in the United States. Wow, that's sweet. People are just kissing Barack Obama's <laughs> ass. We, <laughs> so, on, we got culture here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Lucy, thank you so much for dropping by, My and uh, um, know that you're welcome to come back anytime, and well, definitely uh, keep us updated on your uh, your future endeavors. Sure. Great. Thank you. This flashing back to Paul Harvey. I was going to say. All right, uh, we'd like to uh, thank uh, Miss Lucy Nisley for uh, dropping by the shop this evening. Uh, once again, her book is called French Milk. It is uh, available through a Touchstone Books, and uh, it retails for uh, $15 U.S., which is uh, worth... Dean, how much is that in France? Um, I, a lot of francs. I'm not for sure. I don't know how we are Sinatra. against the, the dollar. It's a, it's a, it's a Frank Fontaine. It's, it, it's a lot of pesos from what I hear these days. So uh, Now uh, playing the uh, the role of uh, Lucy, Lucy Nisley <laughs> is uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. John Suntress. Read my dainty book, French Milk. <laughs> it's dainty like I am. She's, she's a little wisp of a woman. Yeah, she seemed very sweet, little very cute, nice girl. Yep, yeah, yeah. cutie little. She had girl. her dude with her. Don't get me wrong; I'm not trying to do anything. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, you, no, no, you I'm making moves. No, no, you make cool. moves on our I guest, cool. John. No, no, I was cool. I kept my distance, but no, she seemed like she seemed like a very sweet. <laughs> Jesus, no, right. no. Can we just edit this whole discussion out? Daughter, kind of weird me out, man. She's young enough to be your daughter. Is she really? What is she? Eighteen or whatever? No, she's like twenty-three. Fuck, she is old. Jesus Christ. Christ. Can we have a 30 and older rule in? Like in this <laughs> God damn it. Not in comic books. I guess not. <laughs>
All right, uh, I do want to uh, tell people a little bit about Witchblade, the anime series. It is available now Witchblade. on DVD and digital download. Based on the comic book series from Top Cow Productions, the anime series goes into the future to tell the tale of a new bearer of the Witchblade and the conspiracy that surrounds her burden. The 24-episode series box set features a wraparound box art by Mark Silvestri. The box set includes 100 minutes of extra features, including all you want to know about Top Cow with interviews and a tour. Witchblade is also available as a digital download available on iTunes, PS3, Xbox, and Amazon. Visit www.funimation.com slash Witchblade to view clips of the series and the box art. So there you go. Witchblade, the anime series. I've watched the 100 minutes of uh, special features. and Yeah, it really is. It's neat. The Top Cow guys. Sylvester gives a tour of uh, the Top Cow offices. And uh, Hawkins and and Sylvester and other Top Cow guys just... Give their opinions on comics in general in a couple Q and A sessions. It's it's good. It's it's very cool. Plus, you got the series itself, which was very cool on IFC back when they were showing it. Yeah, it's a it's a the um, they've, they've released it like twice. They had the uh, the individual DVDs mm-hmm. that, you, that you could buy for like twenty bucks a piece or something. But now they've got the um, the complete series in a, in a the absolute edition yeah. of it. Which uh, speaking of you know series box sets, yes. off the, they had uh, Amazon had. Uh, had the complete Buffy box for like seventy bucks today. today. Yes, it zoinks! Was a, it was it's a Buffy box myself. <laughs> boy, oh boy! <laughs> oh, yeah, the, 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 our, our our female guest leaves and locker room is open. <laughs> Come on in. I apologize. Well, we haven't we haven't talked about uh, them funny books in a while. Them funny books. Uh, them their funny books. Come on, reading those funny books, boy. What's a, what's, a, what's what's ease into the funny book he's talk? Because down, you you've got a, a book that's kind of about. It's kind of funny, but well, it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's uh. Batman Murder at Wayne Manor, an interactive mystery, written by Dwayne Swerzynski and illustrated by David Lampham. Uh, and it, uh, Laffham. no, I did not, Lampham. No. Is it Lampham? Yeah, it's, uh, Laffham it's, it's straight fish. Isn't it straight fish? Oh my uh, gosh, yeah, it's David Lampham and Dwayne Stray bullets, rather, yeah. and, uh, what was Silverfish? Uh, uh, uh Silverfish. Stray uh, bullets, of course. He did, uh, the, uh, the t- Tales of Mystery. He did a Daredevil. Mm-hmm. No, no, Young Laffham. Liars, right? Young yeah, Liars, yeah, yeah, thank yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. That's there right. you go. Stray Bullets is awesome, by the way. Yes, indeed. Um, I, re- I picked this up at the bookstore. I I don't know. I was just looking around and happened to see it and, and thought maybe it would be cool for my kids, but it turns out it was cool for me <laughs> and not really so much for my kids. Well, um, Dwayne, uh, we have we shouldn't short shrift Swarzynski, by the way. Iron Fist? Not only right. Iron Fist and Cable, but also an amazing crime writer who's written fine books like The Wheel Man and uh, is one of the great young crime writers of uh, today. He's well, cool, uh, this is uh, certainly a. I, I was pleasantly surprised by the story. Um, it, it's a cool little book. Uh, it's basically a murder mystery with uh, starring Bruce Wayne, Batman, uh, in Gotham, and and uh, it, it's it's a neat little book where you're going as you're reading it, and Bruce Wayne comes across clues, or Batman comes across clues to this murder mystery. They actually have them in the book. There's pages that have these little envelopes sort of glued in them and inside the envelopes are different clues like a photograph of of Thomas Wayne and uh, at a a costume party uh, there's a coroner's report from the Gotham coroner's office that's cool different stuff like that so as he finds clues you sort of find clues and and it was just kind of neat to, to go through the story and do that, and the geek in me is just like, oh, you know, kind of turned on by the <laughs> sure. fact that there's these little neat 
sort of uh, Gotham, you know, uh, artifacts in here. But but the story, I was really uh, surprised and, and pleasantly so by the the quality of the story itself. And and uh, I, I kind of considered it when I picked it up more of a gimmicky kind of thing. But the actual murder mystery is really good. And and uh, it's basically it starts off with uh, with Bruce uh, as Batman. Uh, um, Fighting, you know, finding a, a, a trying to f- uh, foil an assassin that's killing someone, but but the real story is when he gets back to uh, to Wayne Manor, he he, uh, he wakes up the next day and he's been having some uh, landscaping done. Uh, I guess he had done something in the, the Bat Cave <laughs> that had screwed up some landscaping in the front lawn, and, and he had a crew of landscapers working there. He was moving the dinosaur, <laughs> He's something like screwed that. Screwed up yeah. the rose bushes. And, and uh, Sir Camelon has come to do the back ninety. And uh, very well, Alfred. And the crew finds a dead body in in the front lawn, and so then <laughs> what? Yeah, there's a there's a. Hey, uh, Mr. Wayne's story was good. No, what? We're just firing up the mower. We thought we hit a rabbit, but uh, Batman no doesn't notice it. Fucking a dead body on his yard. Well, as you read the story, you find out why. Okay, but, okay. Uh, but uh, so, then, so then, so then, uh, you know, obviously the, the the Gotham police are called in, and and now he's a suspect. And but the the story turns in. Uh, this is a, a body that's been dead for uh, about thirty years. Wow. And now the the main suspect is uh, his father, Thomas oh, I was Wayne. Just they think say, the doctor, Daddy, uh, Daddy, Daddy Wayne yeah. killed somebody. Um, and so the story is is. is, is <laughs> You know he's very compelled to, you know, to clear obviously his clear his father's name. But uh, really, the the main theme throughout throughout it is that he's starting to question what he's always believed about his father of being mm-hmm. this very pure and, and honorable person. And now he he's sort of questioning that because as the evidence starts coming out, he, it's it's pointing more and more towards Thomas Wayne. And so mm-hmm. he's driven, very driven. To, to figure this father. Clear, clear his father and and cool. um and as it goes on you obviously you learn you know the clues and everything but the clues are very neat because you know it it, it does you know give you the opportunity to sort of figure out what's going on in the end like a lot of murder mysteries i mean there's some you know some spidery webs that are are sort of you know pulled apart and and to unveil this you know, uh, complex mystery to Old some man degree. Marston, just like <laughs> yeah, kind of. I would have but, but overall, it, overall, it was it was pretty solid and and uh, um, uh, probably probably much more of a Bruce Wayne story than than a Batman, mm-hmm. even though he's running around in the costume. Like but it, but but it really is him uh, dealing with this issue of is his father who he thinks he is, is and it, and is it one what, of those kind of stories where you where you. Try and figure it out before you get to the. You know, um, yeah, I was gonna say, how'd you, how'd you do, you, junior criminologist? Did you? Uh, no, I I did okay. I mean, I figured out a few things okay. as I was going through. But, but it, I, did it make sense at the end? Um, it it did. I mean, it certainly made sense. It wasn't um, a rabbit out of a hat kind of. No, reveal. no. I mean, he he had you know it was pretty tightly written where where everything you know as you as you're going on there's there's this other subplot that's that's happening. Um, and you, you're trying to figure out how that plays into it, and and you, you pretty early on you realize that you know it's it, it may not be Thomas Wayne, and, and you're trying to kind of figure out who it is, uh, um, and there's these other characters that are involved that, but you're you're sort of trying to put the pieces together of how this all works, and it's it was it was it kind of reminded me of like an Agatha Christie book, you know where where it's like you. The drawing room kind of yeah, sort of yeah, yeah. Here almost. are all the suspects and a little bit, yeah. And you're and you're trying to puzzle it together. And Mr. Fabersham um, had only one killer, 
and that killer's name is. <laughs> That's when the goes into his back. <laughs> but uh, but overall, I really I just really enjoyed uh, going through it and and pulling out things like like I said like the 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 coroner's report and there's a there's a part where he. Uh, he meets an old friend at a, a, a restaurant bar thing, and, and he has the friend write uh, an address down on a coaster, and the coaster is actually in the book. He pull out the coaster. And the notes on the back of, of the coaster. Um, i got to find it here. There's a whole newspaper, Gotham. I was going to say, yeah, the yeah, Gotham, the Gotham, Gotham right Gazette there, right there. It's very cool. Um, or Gotham Globe. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, hey, Gotham. Um, That's the rival of the Gazette. Here's the yeah. Here's the coaster. <laughs> oh, sweet. And the you know and and the handwriting comes into play in in. Uh, uh, and then all these, he, well, he he, uh, it it is part of the story, sort okay. of. But what kind of beer? Um, it's uh, the the um, or is that the bar? The That's Aubrey the bar. James Restaurant and Nightclub. Yeah. sweet, sophisticated dining. Uh, and then in the, uh, the at the end or near the end, there's. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure if it was filmed here, it would be filmed with Twin Anchors. Oh, that was. I don't know. Aub- James Aubrey, of course, the smiling Cobra of CBS fame. Was a CBS executive that was quite an asshole. Near the, oh. <laughs> near the end, there's uh, there's some like DNA that. sample reports from the bat computer that he prints Sweet. out because he's doing some DNA testing. And then at the very end of the book, oh, the last chum, chapter is this. is sealed in this oh, level sealed. six access required. What? Where you have to get into the bat computer? Did you unseal it? I yeah, good. I did. I did. Oh. did. Did the collector and you'd be like, Yeah, there was a part of me was like, oh. I was like, There's a sticker basically that, that can I open that, it without tearing the that sticker? seals it. Yeah, and I'm sitting there trying to tear, you know, steal it, it apart. You need a TV. And that has the you know. reveal. It tells you everything. Yeah, well, it's the whole last chapter you of the did, book. You, toy- you didn't tear the sticker. Hell no, I didn't tear the sticker. And that's, careful. I mean, that's the la- the that's whole last pretty awesome. chapter of the book is Very in there. Cool. Very um, cool. Wow, it is gimmicky, but it's awesome. It, it is. It, uh, I don't remember what it costs. I wonder how a project like that gets done. Uh, it was twenty four ninety five. That's all right. It was, it was Quirk Books and DC Comics, obviously, but. Wow. Uh, um, I wonder if this is the same company or the same guys that helped Rucka. Make the artifacts for the crime Bible. It, it, it reminds be. me of the crime Bible. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which was Same like, idea. which never really was published for anybody, but it was just a, a neat little thing that Greg was giving to comic stores and a few comic journalists. And he gave he gave one uh, for me and Chris to like peruse and stuff. I've got it at home still. And it's the same thing. It's passports and a little page from the Gotham. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the, the first one is, is, a, is bullet a, casing, um, shell casings, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. A, 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 a show bill for a Dark Side's bitch. Yes, yeah. the band. Um, the first right. the first clue is is found on the body, and it's a uh, um, a card invitation to a masquerade party at at Wayne Manor. Um, Was this thirty the party years where- ago? Is this the party where Tom was dressed like Batman? Yes, and then and then later on, there's a picture of that of of Thomas and uh, what's her name? That's kind of and Martha. Martha uh, and another family who's involved in the the story. Um, That's right, Martha. And he's wearing. I have to it. read this. So I'm actually, yeah. interested once again, in this. the the, the name there's a map. It. Uh, it's it's uh, Murder at Wayne Manor, Batman Murder at Wayne Manor, an interactive mystery. Well, the fact yeah. that it's Swarzynski and uh, and La- Latham, uh, I mean, that really gives it credibility from a crime standpoint. <laughs> An old black and white photo <laughs> of the Waynes at Wayne Manor and, and their Halloween. Hey, Todd, nice ball. mask. <laughs> and he even talks like he even talks about you know how. Sort of ironic it is that he's wearing that costume and and uh, well that's a throwback to the there's golden a, age. There's a there, there was a there was a famous story. and in fact ball. even I think R.I.P. Uh, references has it. references yeah. yeah exactly Thomas there's Wayne a, Batman there's a page out of Thomas Wayne's journal that uh, 
there's a, you know there's a couple of clues in that. Fascinating. And, yeah, I mean it was just it was just fun and the the little interactive parts while it is sort of you know hokey and and uh, gimmicky. It's it like was the actually, right amount of hokey. Yeah, well that you know that was sort of it. It was it was just enough to be fun and not over yeah. the top, and it made sense. I mean it actually right. uh, enhanced the experience of reading it. The the one thing I was kind of a, upset about is they have the the two pages of the the Gotham Globe with all these different stories in there, and some of the stories are relevant. Uh, relevant. Yeah. Well, all of them are relevant actually, but but they glued oh. the last page in, so you can't read the back of the, the back book. of the last page. I was just a little upset, but there's. I see a baseball score. How did the Gotham Knights? Uh, the Gotham Knights. Uh, Knights. Uh, boy, oh boy. Uh, what are the Gotham? What are Knights? our happy totals? They fend off the Metropolis meteors. Boy, I hate the meteors. <laughs> <Boy>. <laughs> Our happy totals, but as a you know, as a, a longtime Batman fan and, and and nerd, it just uh, you know all these little kind of artifacts. Hey, Norton's yeah. a suspect apparently on the front page of the Gotham Norton. Gazette. What the oh, hell is doing there? Norton. That's Norton. a Ed Brubaker. <laughs> I can talk about the, the 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 new Krypton stuff forever, but if you guys haven't read that story, Krypton. I read it. I uh, you have not read it yet, man. If you're good. if you're not, I heard you talking about it. Yeah, I did too on eleven o'clock. If you're not a Superman fan or have never really you guys been, listen to that show. That's, I was curious. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> well, as I was telling Mike earlier, and I love Vince, and uh-huh. and, and it was, and I appreciated the shoutouts on the show. Magoo. But he is Cuckoo's Magoo. <laughs> Goddamn! Seriously, I mean, it's like it is. It just some of his reasoning behind everything. There's no reasoning. Well, yeah, but it, well, I liked a couple weeks ago when he was talking about he he's already got it figured out that you know DC should have like a weekly book and. You know, and make them short little features, and that way Jim Lee can crank out eight pages a month. I'm so glad that Vince is there to manage uh, Jim Lee's career. <laughs> he would he would be making thousands as opposed to the millions he probably makes doing the uh, the game for uh, DC and stuff. But there's that. But then also the stuff with the Sinestro Corps, and he thinks the Kilowog guy is really Doomsday. For the Sinestro Corps, I forget the... the... He, he would have preferred that Doomsday be <laughs> yeah. used We've decided for... that 11 o'clock is the uh, Art Bell of comic <laughs> book podcasts. <laughs> yeah, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of conspiracy theories no as to why sense. decisions like are made. It's conspiracy theory podcast, yeah. and you even have the wacko calling in all, like three times a show. Daryl, what, what, what kills sca- me. What's scary is, me is that I try and be the voice of reason on that. Well, we were just yeah, saying that you were. The drunk guy is the voice of reason on that show. Well, I really think... Like it's just a matter of when, like when I'm the fucking <laughs> voice of reason. When I'm the voice of reason, something's fucking exactly wrong. big red flags, big red flags. But um, no, I, I I agree with you. I'm, I I am a longtime Superman fan, and uh, really, I was I, I was happy when I heard James Robinson was joining the Superman writing team, and it's only improved the Superman book itself. And I think Sterling Gates is doing a great job. He learned. Uh, at being an assistant to Jeff Johns, and I think Jeff has kind of helped tutor him in terms of how to write comics, and uh, I think he's he's a good Supergirl writer. I'm happy for Jamal from an art standpoint. Gary Frank is awesome on action, and uh, I forget who's doing who's drawing it for uh, James Robinson on Superman. I, I, you is know, it still well, Renato. I think it is Renato. Is it? Yes. Okay. Uh, is Gary Frank going to stick around on action? He better. I, He's I, amazing. I, I never liked Gary to... Frank before. Well, I spoke. Really? To... Yes, I, 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 I will admit it. But you know what? I can't remember anything of his that I would have read. You need to read Midnight Nations. 
Yeah. Well, there's that. Yeah. I've never read that. The Squadron uh, Supreme. Never read that. As as Which action switches away from Superman, I know that um, Jeff and Gary are working on another Superman project, and I don't know if it's been announced yet, so I don't want to cheat because we were. Just, well, you already did. You screwed up. Well, no. I, I, all I'm it. saying is they're going to be writing more Superman. I won't say what oh, it is. Okay. But uh, he's going but, to detective. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I hear. Yeah, that, I, know. I hear there's a vacancy over there. Yeah. Pretty soon. No. But uh, no, I think it's a, it's a fun story, uh, the new Krypton story, and I love, boy, I love the tease of the new Nightwing and Flame Bird that cracked me up. Boy, did that confuse a lot of people, me included. That was one of Why? those. I ha- because Who I don't know 1970s DC fucking well, history. 1960s, my friend. That, yeah. Okay, so yeah, oh. when, when the last page, oh, oh. The last page of action, I'm like, okay, so I call Tom. Who is Nightwing and Flame? The dynamic duo of Kandor, of course. And that's pretty much what he said. He's yeah, like, I heard he's about like, that so, too. He's right. like, so there was this. Uh, I love he, Jeff Jones. There was a murder. Superman was framed. He couldn't be Superman and Kandor and solve it. So he and Jimmy shrunk down and became Nightwing and Flamebird. <laughs> and and it was great. They had the night cave and they had the nightmobile and they had these little jetpack utility belts and shit. So they're flying around. It was awesome. I'm supposed was, to know this, dude. The eight year old in me—that was Shakespeare. I just ignored it. Shakespeare. I mean, I, you don't have to know it, but I think for old for that's John. So funny. Oh, yeah. It's, it it warmed my old uh, gray balls. I, I gotta tell you, <laughs> that. it absolutely <laughs> did. You know. I just. Oh, uh, look at that! There's Nightwing and Flamebird. Uh, God bless them. I just assumed I'd figure it out the next issue that they'd tell me who they were. Right? Well, yeah. and then briefly when uh, when the Supergirl series started, uh, Power Girl and Kara. Uh, they were they were Nightwing and Flamebird for a little while in Candor as well. And actually, after um, after Jimmy and Superman initially were Nightwing and Flamebird, Van Z of Candor, the Superman lookalike, <laughs> took over the uh, took over the took over the Nightwing uh, persona. And this is of course pre Dick Grayson Nightwing, uh, but he was the Nightwing of Candor in the seventies in the Superman family. The Nightwing from was yeah, that was that yeah, was that retcon, right. was that retconned in? or so I've heard. Really? What was yeah. was what retcon? That, 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 that my, Superman. My told head's him. about to explode. Oh yeah, well, him well, a yeah. Story of this. Yeah, when heroic. he was. Yeah, I think I think uh, I believe that's correct. That Dick Grayson named yes. himself Nightwing because yeah. of the Candor story. He did, but was I'm that, sure it's been retconned out since. No, was it retconned in? Because I oh, think back that's, in? that's as it stands. Is that oh, Dick Grayson oh, named himself <laughs> Good. Nightwing after Good. the Candorian Nightwing? Well, again, you see, after 20 years of ignoring the Silver Age, everyone at DC is embracing it again. So Nightwing named himself stuff. after Superman. Yeah. Yes. That's funny. Yeah, I like it. After. Well, not after Superman. Well, after one of Superman's oh, personas. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this well. is crazy. I'm telling you, that's, but no, I like, that's why I DC's like, uh, sales like are just plummeting. <laughs> Quite honestly. Don't say that yeah, shit. Uh, well, not Green Arrow. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Good well, story. One, one, of the, one of the books that I... That I'm, book is plummeting because guys like Crank just keep downloading it. <laughs> Which one? <Which> one? <laughs> Green Arrow, Black Canary. Oh, okay. <laughs> As we learned on the latest... Oh, Crank just downloads it. <laughs> well, he was I can't get, I can't pay friends to buy my comic. <laughs> I buy your goddamn comic every month. I buy every month. Or Connor Hawk. <laughs> and I doesn't you... remember who he is, but remembers how to kick some ass. <laughs> I like that. Well, I like it. I tell you what, nice, nice wrap up to Judd Winnick's run. Yeah. His they do. Fought, they do, his... They do, they do yeah. That's one of the reasons I don't go to message boards now. It's because I'm kind of. I, sick I, I honestly agree. A nice wrap up. It. And it's Judd's five-year run on the character. He's been on a long time. Yes, he has. So, um, and I would say back prior when it was a solo book, mm-hmm. I was hit and miss with Judd. But on Green Arrow, Black Canary, I thought it was an really because the most of the feedback great. I hear is almost the opposite. 
Well, yeah, it's I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, yeah. I'm a longtime Green Arrow fan, you know, going back to the 60s, yeah. and yeah. I, I like I like what no, he did. Cool. But, I mean, there were, cer- there were certain characters, and I wasn't always – I'm still not crazy about Mia as Speedy. Right. I, that just kind of bugs me. Right. But that aside, I think he had a good handle on Ollie, uh-huh. and I thought it was fun. And, it's good. And I like the new purpose for Connor, too, because, you know, what do you do the when no you have purpose. two – Well, or we don't know where it's going to go. I do. Well, <laughs> that's true. Well, I tell you, tell I, me. No purpose. Um, not, not to give us a preview of what's coming up, but why don't you tell us about, uh, about your new writer. Yeah, new guy. And, new and guy. kind of the what's happening with Green Arrow. Well, um, there's a uh, – I mean, Andrew Kreisberg is the new writer, and he is one of the writers on the now-canceled Eli Stone. Oh, too bad. With uh, Mark Guggenheim. Well, free up his time. Yeah, I'm, as I'm, I'm assuming time. I'll just get tons more scripts now. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, but he is uh, really good, actually. I've been telling people that it kind of reminds me of, uh, I haven't read all of Meltzer's run, but the first couple issues that I started reading of Meltzer's run, it cool. kind of feels like that. Mm-hmm. It's not, I can't think of specific things that make me think that. It just has that same kind of mood. Uh, after 14 issues of uh Globe trotting and guest stars and stuff, it's becoming much more of a street level, uh, in the shadows sort of comic again. Uh, there's no motorcycles yet, uh, but it's, it, it's much more back to basics. It's much more Green Arrow and Black Canary centric. It's not necessarily everybody good hanging around. Team Arrow. Yeah. Team, yeah it it's really not is. so much Team Arrow. Um, good. It, and, and like I said, it's much more. I would say I would just say overall, it's more dark than it has been. Very cool. Well, a little so, more like Daredevil kind of well, feel. You to know, it. yeah, actually, yeah. a lot. Yeah. I, I would I would describe not like current Daredevil, but it has that kind of feel. Well, late seventies when kind of Frank Miller's Daredevil kind of yeah, feel, sort of in, in the alleys. in the dollar comics era when when. Green Arrow and Black Canary were in World's Finest. That's what it was. It was a street-level book. Well, he, was... he traditionally was. Yes. Yeah. I mean, even even the the Longbow Hunters, I mean, was oh, definitely. totally oh, street-level. You know, yeah, and, yeah. yeah, and Grell's It's like, I'm not run. even Green Arrow. I'm that dude that dresses Molly up Queen. like right. Green yeah. Arrow. Yeah, I'm Molly Queen with a hoodie. Yeah. You know. So it, I love Longbow Hunters. It's, uh, well, and the series, the subsequent Grell series. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think Mike... Mike Grell really had a handle on that character. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he's still kind of the revered. That's what everybody arrow. thinks. Yeah, they think only except for like older guys like me and and Grell himself who will say everything I learned about Green Arrow I learned from Elliot Magan. And I mean, it's yeah, Elliot Magan really like right. had the blueprint for Green Arrow yeah. back in the seventies, in the early seventies. Right. So and really picked up the mantle where Denny O'Neill and uh, Neil Adams yeah. left off. Yeah. So. Well, I think like you know as as Brandon Claremont are to the X Men, I think Mike Grell is to Green Arrow. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I, I agree don't with that. Think there's any question of that. Definitely, definitely. Well, cool. Well, it sounds like good stuff uh, coming up. I'm still uh, buying hope your book, so. bitch. Don't you're worry. you're still uh, still cranking away on uh, on Trinity. Uh huh. Halfway there. Enjoying man. that. You're, you're more than halfway. We uh yeah, I'm working on 32. I just got the script today, so I'm really glad because I, I at first I wasn't crazy about Trinity, and I really thought it was taking its time. But once we got into this alternate Earth. I love. It's crazy. I don't know I what's going it. on. Yeah, man. it cracks me up. It's awesome. I love. I love Alfred as a super spy. I Every, love. Uh, Lois everybody Lane likes Alfred. <laughs> Style just went wild. Lois Lane, TV bitch. Everybody. Yeah. It, it's alternate. It, well, it's, it's Alfred or what? It's this alternate Earth where 
the three are don't well, exist. Well, that's yeah. Everybody and it's what happened. Everybody was at, complaining when it first started that it was like this book isn't even about Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. And I'm like, that's kind of the point. It's like what happens when they're not around. What's important? Yeah. What's and you kind of get to see how cool important. Alfred actually is if he has no Batman. You know? <laughs> right. He well, had a life was, before. You know. Exactly. And it was so, always hinted at, and yeah. you always saw little panels of Alfred's life as this MI5 or MI6 agent yeah. back in the day. Well, now we're getting it full blown, and he's kind of like well, James Bond. Yeah, I was gonna say like Sean. Yeah, but like Sean Connery, that like James like, Bond, like you know, like middle age James Bond. Fifty two, you know, when when it's oh, it is a lot him. like that. Yeah, sure, that's yeah. so like like I said. I mean, I wasn't. I started reading it, but I decided I was gonna wait on it and see how it became. Pick up the trade. It's gonna be the first thing I keep that I library bind. I think Ooh, um, I'm well. got, when I find my those issues of Blue Beetle, I can't. I thought that I had. I'm gonna bind all of those. Yeah. For me, it didn't kick in until the teens, and but then yeah. once it did in the teens, I'm now I enjoy it, and and now like crazy events, I look forward to it every week. So that's where I'm in agreement <laughs> with Vince, and it scares crazy me. Events now. Crazy events, uh, nice. and I love you, crazy events. Don't get me wrong. Well, uh, <laughs> so. speaking of uh, speaking of uh, 007, has dun, everyone dun, seen Quantum uh, of I have not did. yet. Have you, did want... you finally see it? No, everybody's telling me I tomorrow. need to go see it. We can go tomorrow if you want. Yeah, that, I mean, sweet. That, that should I, be. Everybody keeps saying I don't even I'm like in it. James Yeah, Bond. I know. I want to. Well, now I definitely want to see it because God, for two years I've been telling Norny looks like uh, what's his face in Grindhouse, and now we keep hearing that uh, there's. I've kid. had like ten people this week <laughs> tell me I need to see Quantum what? Solace because there's a You're dude that looks. There's like There's a CIA me. guy that apparently looks just like Mike. Oh, really? the, the the guy with um, I'm trying to remember the guy with uh, um, Felix. Felix's part? No. Yeah, Jeffrey. No. Yeah, it is, that it, guy with the stash? Well, he doesn't have the stash. Like, There's no. a tall, woolly man that apparently looks like Mike. No. Yeah. Okay. He's got well, a ridiculous well, stash. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. I, he's got I've glasses, said too. said it the but... other day on, on Twitter. I saw that. Ivan Brandon said it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was a really good James Bond movie and a great continuation of Casino Royale. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the third one. See, so. people I trust that really love Bond, mm-hmm. I keep hearing mixed things. I hear people like you that say they love it. My my program director at Love FM, yeah. die hard Bond fan, hardcore Bond fan. And he's like, took the day off to see it in the premiere. Mm-hmm. And he's like, dude, I was a little disappointed. And I'm like, yikes. What, what kind of Bond fan? Is he a Connery fan? Is he a Moore fan? Well, he's a, he's in his late 50s, so he goes way back, but loved, loves Daniel Craig. He mm-hmm. felt that a lot of, and again, this is without me seeing it, that a lot of the camera shots were very born identity ish and yeah. Paul Grass. Yeah, well, they can't. It, it, was, not do that, that. it my, was my only yeah, my only complaint was the, there was there was actually a couple of scenes where I'm like, yeah, that was very much like born identity. There's like a knife fight yeah. scene where it's straight out of born, born identity. But I'm not that big of a Bond fan. I like like the the I like Sean Connery's Bond. Other than that, I thought they all kind of blew. But, uh, <laughs> I've never been not, a huge I've, Bond. Yeah, fan. I, mean, I like like four Bond movies. The, the Sean, you know, four or five yes. Sean Connery Bond movies. I think Roger Moore's a joke. And anything <laughs> oh after man, that, that was the only one I saw <laughs> when I was a kid. Wow. The only thing I liked Roger Moore was Bond was when he was like pretending to be Bond in Cannonball Run, basically. Seymour. Well, that was yeah, pretty Seymour. awesome. That was, that was awesome. awesome. But, but <laughs> I've, just, I've just never been that Jewish. big of a Bond fan. Well, and, we both and, kind of agree that, um, enjoy that, that the, um, 
uh, the focus on the gadgets has kind of gone away. This I kind of like the gadgets. But well, that, well, that was a very more thing. Too, but like, it, well, and it, it got to be well, so it was, much. It was a Connery thing, too. I mean, God, it's Thunderball like was gadget make heavy. a watch that shoots a Thunderball laser? Thunderball was really the first one that was gadget heavy up before. Yes, so that three was gadget before heavy. that really weren't oh, yeah, at from all. What? There was a couple of gadgets here and You're there, right. but mostly it wasn't. I like the idea of it's back to basic. Yeah, very basic. It's the beginning of his career. It's Bond year one. And that's what I really like. I also really enjoy the fact that Daniel Daniel Craig actually looks like a guy that could hurt somebody if yeah. he punched him. Yeah, uh, take you a know, hit. yeah, looks like a guy who kicks somebody's ass. You know, and and isn't some pretty boy actor. He's my new favorite but, action star. That's the problem, Mike. By the way, there are there are all these gadgets now. They're not special anymore. That's I mean, a good that's, point because now I'm thing. thinking about Casino Royale, and I'm like, everything that's in there that's a gadget is also like yeah, real. It's in there, Come on, it's, we've it's given in there you to G- sell. Yeah, yeah we've yeah. given you a, a GPS placement. locator. Oh really? Yeah. Thanks. I already got one. I got one of those. Yeah, like like So did U.S. Cellular. Thanks, Q. 1985. My iPhone would have been the coolest. Yeah, that's what happened. Q was downsized. It's like, come on, you gotta, you gotta keep up. So come sorry, on, yeah, we're, we're relocating we're you to the cell phone division. And and I didn't yeah. when when Casino Royale came out, I was not that interested in it because I didn't care about Bond. I didn't watch it when it first came out. I waited until it came out on Blu-ray, and then I, I ended up eventually watching, it and I really enjoyed it. And then I was really excited to see Quantum of Solace, and and I, I really enjoyed it too because cool. it was. I mean, it's literally ten minutes after the after I've Casino Royale. Yeah, I mean, I've it's heard that. it's right after, and I would really suggest going and watching Casino Royale right before seeing right before seeing because there's stuff in it that's just like the, the the two complaints I'll guy? say about oh, yeah. uh, Quantum of Solace is one, it got to the point where I was just like, yeah, I don't know what's going on with well, the story. Well, you know, you know, Casino Royale was kind of like, like that. that it's too, almost yeah. like that plot was. Secondary, yeah, it's like and, it and was really is, you just wanted to see him running around, and it's and there. I mean, when I started thinking about it more, and it's like, okay, it's there, it's just it took a while for me to have to like think about, okay, why is he doing what he's doing? Yeah, yeah. but why having read the but the action was the book, awesome, so I didn't care that much. Having read the Casino Royale book, <coughs> well, it I doesn't was follow pleased. the well, I, and there really isn't a Quantum of Solace book, yeah. so but but having read the book, actually, there are enough elements in the Casino Royale film, unlike right, right. so many other Bond films, right. that really are just in name only linked to the books. Moonraker is a perfect example, like yeah. that, Spy Love Me. But I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. The only other complaint was the the editing, which is something I don't ever really pay attention to. But it, it was like very choppy. Yeah, I mean there was so many quick scene That's... cuts, just constant. I mean like even where it didn't even make sense, where he's like walking into a room, you know. I mean li- like there was a scene with with him walking into a hospital room, like getting out of his car, walking into a, a hospital, going into the room to see M. And it was like nine cuts. That's interesting. Of him walking into a room, basically, it was it was very strange. You go back to the original five, uh, and actually, I'll throw the Lazenby film in there as well because Peter Hunt was the editor of the first five Connery films. Mm-hmm. There, there's a ton of editing going on. If you go back and really look at a lot of those early films, well, I just I understand what you're saying. So I just bought uh, which ones? They're coming bought, out on Blu-ray uh, now. Yeah, they're coming out on yeah. Blu-ray. I bought um, Thunderball. <laughs> uh, from Russia uh, with Love and uh, uh, Dr. No. Awesome. And I was blown no. away by the quality. Remastered. The, col- the remastered color. They did a, there's a, on the Dr. No one, they do a, a featurette no. on like the company that they hired to, to redo it. And they took their original awesome negatives and, That's cool. and ran them through this whole thing to get rid of all the fuzz and recolored everything. 
they look unbelievable. And those films were made to be seen. I mean, because the scenery, the, the locales that they go to, and it was just unbelievable, yep. beautiful. Those films are time capsules of what the world looked like yeah. in the early 60s. Absolutely. And, it, and it really was ambitious filmmaking back then. And it was not only the, the locales, but the all-star international cast that they mm-hmm. did. It wasn't just a British cast. Mm-hmm. They went to other countries. They would, you know... Get these hotties from like Ursula Miss World Andrews, and Miss yeah. Yes, Ursula Andrews is a perfect example. Um, it looks fantastic in Blu-ray, but uh, really, like, yeah, I, I really do. I love All those four films, feet and I really do. I think they're they're, ex- they're exceptional international films. Yeah, but back then she, you know. Her, her body was well proportioned. Yeah, I didn't really look at her head that much. <laughs> she was right. I, I can't help it. The from, sun gleams off of it. Well, and from Russia with Love, I love that film because Lottie Linya is in that film. And if you guys don't know who that is, the song Mac the Knife, uh-huh. Ooh, Miss Lottie Linya and Old Lucy Brown. Lottie Linya was Kurt Vile's wife, the man who wrote the Three Penny Opera. And she performed the original Three Penny Opera. And you is this, this shit, ama- John. Jesus. You know why? Because I watched the bonus featurette on <laughs> From Russia okay. with Love, and it, it, narrated by Patrick McGee. And I was blown away. I'm like, I had no idea that's who that was. I mean, she's this cool little German lady with a dagger in her shoe, or a Russian lady. And I'll kill you, Mr. Bond. And it turns out she's little Lottie Linya, for Christ's sake. I was like, oh, well, my God. I, I, so When, when I first started buying incredible. Blu-ray movies, I was... Pretty selective as far as like what I would get. It was like, okay, it has to be like huge action, big special effects stuff. Sure. And I'm like, I'm not buying old movies on Blu-ray. What's the point? Mm-hmm. But I, I gotta say, man, they those movies. It's like That's watching cool. whole new movies. Oh, I bet. It just un- I couldn't believe the detail. Uh, and like I said, because of the you know the locales and everything that they did with the those cars, films, oh everything. Well, just... and that's that's the, the the best Bond films have been ridiculously over budgeted films where, as Roger Moore I've heard say in recent interviews, every dollar is on the screen. Every you know they make sure that you see how much money they spent, mm-hmm. and and that the, that was the cool thing about Casino Royale where it dipped was during the Timothy Dalton years, and why? Because the budget dropped, and yeah. they were shooting in Mexico where it was cheaper, yeah. and literally, I mean, the budgets went down, and it showed on screen. So it seems like with Casino Royale, the Broccoli family and Michael Wilson are back on page to make good Bond films. So I'm very hopeful. I've just been too damn busy. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I, the I, the last uh, the last Bond thing that we have to mention before we move on here. Oh. Is, man, the watch that you found. <laughs> yeah. The, Swatch is making the official uh, Bond villain watches. Swatches? And yeah, Swatch. And, and <laughs> they're, they're not. Awesome. No, they're, That's they're, they're cool. pretty cool. Some of them are like the cheaper plastic Swatch, well, but yeah, some are like nice, nice uh, you know, Swiss Timepieces and the one I like was the uh, the the Doctor No or no the Thunderball one the the Emil uh, Blofeld or Largo 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 Largo. 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 It's a really nice. Looking it's a watch. really nice. Looking I'll take watch. three Blofelds and a Largo to go. It's got the the, the Schmersh. Um, oh, yeah. oh, is well, it Spectre? It's Spectre. Oh, Spectre. Yeah. Spectre. Yeah. 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 Smersh in the books. Yeah. Um, Logo the, the and and before we leave Bond, two things. If you guys haven't seen the Titan uh, collections of the James Bond comic strips, totally worth getting. They're amazing and usually are either 1995 or 1795. They're great. Uh, Casino Royale and Dr. No were published four years before the Dr. No film. And it is crazy how John McCluskey, the artist, drew Sean Connery. I mean, they <laughs> the Daily Mail comic strip was around for years before the Bond films. And I think casting was done with that comic strip There's in mind a, because wow, it sure as hell looks like Sean I, I watched the, the Dr. No. They had a nice featurette on there. Uh-huh. And they... Uh, they were on we the were original the comic strip, and they were on the, the original. CBS, the CBS, they had, there was a CBS show of 
Yeah, there was yeah there was a, one of those fifties anthology shows where yeah. they did Casino Royale, and it was I forget the actor who played Jimmy Bond. It was called Jimmy Bond, yeah. and Le Chief was uh, Peter Laurie was Le Chief. We have ways of making you talk, Mr. Bond. And I, did, I found out, and Chris knew this already, but I didn't know that uh, that uh, Ian Fleming wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yes, he did. Yeah, which is Fleming. just so bizarre. This is uh, that, this is the Fleming centennial. He would have been 100, Sir Ian, if he'd lived. Christopher Lee's cousin. How about that? And oh, really? he wanted he wanted to use Christopher Lee as Doctor No, actually. I think. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, but and he did. He, he was, was Scaramanga. Yeah, yeah. In yeah, uh, yeah. Man with the Golden yeah. Gun. But, I think uh, it was Doctor. I think he wanted him to be Doctor. Now. There's, There's more trivia per square inch of this show. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. I, you know, do we have time to do a quick comic? Sure, go. The, mam- the Mammoth Book of uh, Crime Comics came out from uh, Running Press. They're the same guys who did the War and Horror big ass anthologies mm-hmm. uh, from a year or so ago. And man, I am telling you, it is seventeen ninety five regularly priced. I was telling Sal, it's four hundred eighty pages. Wow. And you've got. Alan Moore, Neil Gaiman, Alex Toth, uh, Simon and Kirby, uh, Bernie Krigstein, Johnny what? Craig. What? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of what. There's a Max Collins, Terry Beatty, Ms. Tree. Is big ass anthology? Because it should be. It should that's, be. But it's it's incredible. A it's, a, it's, a, it's a black book. So you can't what, miss what, it. what is it again? It's yeah. called The, um, the, the Mammoth, the mammoth Book that. of Crime Comics. Okay. Mammoth Book of Crime. And it's published by who? It's Running Press. Okay. And it's it's incredible. It's all, it's all black and white. Water. And it has, much like the, I didn't buy the horror one. I bought the war one, though, before it. And uh, it has a lot of British uh, crime stories in it as well. But it goes back to the 40s. It has the Dashiell Hammett written uh, Secret Agent X-9 comic strip from the 30s that was the last uh, written work of Dashiell Hammett's before he went all Hollywood and all screenplays in the uh, 30s and 40s. Uh, there's the Mickey Spillane written Mike Hammer comic strip in there uh, from the 50s. I mean, it's it is really really oh, cool, and it is a and and again also has uh, Jordi Bernays in there. Uh, I mean, just and Jordi Bernays does the cover. Nice. It is it's incredible, and several Alan Moore stories, a couple Neil Gaiman stories. It's great, and it really covers all the decades <laughs> and uh, good intros and and uh, each uh, chapter a nice little you know text piece to accompany each chapter. About the writer or the artist and stuff, so it sounds like a pretty dense book. It's, it's not one that you're just going to flip through. That's yeah. what I'm saying, man. 480 pages, and it's yeah, it's phone book size, but it's totally worth it. That, and I also got, by the way, the art of Noel Sickles, the man who did uh, Scorchy Smith, which was a big 30s crime newspaper strip, and he was uh, a contemporary of Milton Kniff's, and he just couldn't maintain the daily schedule of doing a comic strip, mm-hmm. so he stopped, and he continued to illustrate. Uh, and was a fine illustrator, kind of like Lou Fine was in the in the forties, and I don't just mean fine in terms of last name, but uh, there's a lot of examples of his work during the war and during the thirties and stuff he did for the Saturday Evening Post and Colliers and stuff, and that book was incredible to get. It, it, I believe IDW uh, put it out, and Jesus, it's like as thick as a phone book, and it's just the heaviest coffee table book I've I've bought in years. I mean, it's like a twenty pound book. And I, I'm just loving that. And I got that from uh, Discount Comic Book Service, oh. our, our boys. Thank you, Cameron. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, Exactly. But it's, uh, I am blown away with this guy's art. And uh, I'll talk more about it on my show. And I hope to get the editor on at some point because Marty Pascoe was just talking about how great this guy was. And I had never seen his stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Maybe I'll see it. It has the entire run of this Scorchy Smith character, and oh. it is this kind of crime Scorchy adventure. Smith. I know, what an awesome name. Scorchy. You know. Get over here. Exactly. Speaking of, are you going to talk to Don Glute? 
Yeah, yeah, thanks. I'm sorry. I uh, I didn't mean to uh, horn him, but I knew Poach. I was. Yeah, no, no, exactly. I'll admit it. Poacher. No, I, uh, I'm so bummed Sealy hasn't had the chance to meet him yet because they. Oh, I, they, I they, yeah, they yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing. And like I was telling Don, I'm like, I remember seeing the ads for his films, his 8mm, really, uh, 16mm the, films as the a round, kid. The round table with Don Glute should be Tim Sealy, you, and Hillary Barda. Oh, that yeah. should be the, be the four of you I'll guys. I'll just sit back and yeah. listen. Yeah, well, we should arrange that sometime. That'd be a lot that of fun. That would be a good one. Because, yeah, I mean, that's, he's, I mean, there's a guy that worked with Forey Ackerman, for Christ's sake, you know, who, as Don was telling me, I don't know if he mentioned it on your guys' show, uh, there was reports in the last couple of weeks that he, he's in pretty failing health, mm. and he's in his 90s, but apparently so many people have just, like, immediately came and all four get better and stuff that he's doing better. It's kind of like, remember when DiMaggio was, like, on Death's Door? Yeah, and, 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 he, and he got better. Yeah. <laughs> and, and got so much better that he got he was mad because I think it was MSNBC accidentally said he had died. And he got <laughs> he got well enough to be able to call them and say, hey, what the hell? I'm still alive. Go to hell. Leave me alone. I'm DiMaggio, damn it. I'm Mr. Coffee. Don't Buy fuck some with Mr. Me. Coffee. Exactly. <laughs> nice. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm happy to hear that apparently Ackerman is doing better and hopefully maybe we'll make a recovery. But, uh, no, I look forward to talking to Don Glute. I, I hope that happens very soon. Yeah, yeah, went to film school with George Lucas. For Christ's sake. Yeah, wrote the... Uh, Empire Strikes Back uh, novelization. Jeez. Yes, any any gorilla monster filmmaker is a is a friend of mine. I'm a I'm a big fan. Yeah. Yeah. We got emails. Yeah, we do. Oh my gosh, let me this, read. This is gonna be a. Let me read them. We have two. Let Mike read them. Two two. two. Here you go. Mike. No, 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 Mike hates writing. What do we got? Hates to read. You're so good at it though. Johnny po Potarf. Potarf. Okay, give it to him. P-O-T-T-O-R-F Potorf? How would you say it? Hey guys, I have decided to bookshelf all my trades And I was wondering, do you bag your trades and put them on the shelf? or No, nerd I have been listening to your show for about two years And I have to say it is one of the best That's like having plastic covers on your couch, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, I don't bag my trades How annoying would that be? I want to go read something, i got to open my freaking trade The only trade I would bag if I got it would be like Miracle Man, and that's because it's well because you can't get it because you can't get yeah. it. So yeah, that would be the, like the only one. Yeah, actually, yeah, I wouldn't. I, don't, I wouldn't. I, back, I would plus, it just looked ridiculous. It. I will admit, shelf, I, I had those uh, Superman, Batman, and uh, Shazam uh, '30s to the '70s mm -hmm. collections from the '70s, and I wish I had kept those in better shape. You look like a crazy person. So. You come <laughs> your shelves covered in plastic. Yeah. yeah so no, we, I do but not I know, bag. I, do. I know first <laughs> edition collectors that do. Like of of novels and stuff that actually do bag their first well, I, I could yeah. I mean, some yes, stuff I suppose. I, I buy. I, I buy. Mean, I'm not going to buy trades to read them. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the whole point. So no, Johnny Potter Portorf, whatever your name is. <laughs> but thank you for emailing. Yes, and name? please email the show with your comments and questions at info at aroundcomics dot com. Yeah. Paul wrote, "I listened to the first book, first book on my iPod because my wife said it was so good." He's talking about Twilight. Well, you could have put that in no, here. Sorry. Really? I kept waiting for something to happen, but it never did. Yeah, that's pretty much that book. My wife and all her friends are in love with this Edward, but I just don't get it. It's got to be a chick thing. Fear agent rules, hell yeah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I read most of the first book, and nah. at the time, at the time of the, at the time, of I mean, I could understand what like yeah. the thing that sort of disturbs me. The thing that disturbs me about it is like, well, and and kind of like with Harry Potter, but. The amount of adults that are into this, and, yes, you know, like Vanita like, Rogers, like, like yeah. yeah, that was. I'm sorry, but Vanita, uh, <laughs> I love Vanita. No, no, I think but that was creepy. No, 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 spawning with her kids, man. Her kids no, no, are totally no, no. That not age. that she went and saw the movie, but the oh. comments she made about Edward being the hottest 
movie you know character ever. Oh, that's, that's just kind of weird that's considering funny. he's in high school. I know he's a vampire and technically <laughs> however you're old. Ass next that, that, her husband, that's just her a little weird. Is 12 years old. Oh, well then I mean, that makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah, he was bitten by a vampire. I, I, I can completely understand why like a 13 year old girl yeah. would really enjoy this book. The adults that enjoy it as much, I don't quite get. I, I thought it was not that it was poorly written, uh, just very. I mean, it's a very contrived story. I mean, it's it's it makes you want to go out and build a franchise. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. You, exactly. exactly. I mean, it is so so. I mean, just pinpoint exactly who they're talking to. That I just went. How can you not see this? That's, how can you not? That's what I don't get with all the Laurel Hamilton stuff out there. Anne Rice, Sookie Stackhouse, all this stuff. Where does it end? I mean, I guess wow. every one of porn. these. Well, and I didn't even mention Buffy. Gay I vampire you know, porn. Well, I guess. I, I mean, but I'm. I mean, I guess each of these audiences discover this specific, yeah. you know, franchise on their, own, yeah. on their own. Because I, I tire of, and that's what it bothered me about True Blood. It's like, oh, you're a vampire. Oh, how does this work? And it's like, are you shitting me? Where the hell have you been? Have you not watched Buffy? Have you not watched Dracula? What the fuck? What do you you're mean? How does this work? Buffy fans and Twilight fans will get in white knife fights. You know about. Well, it's like Star Wars and Star Trek knife fights. Yeah. I, I just <laughs> knife I mean, fights and the movie bitch slapping fights. From what I've saw, the movie <laughs> trailers. I mean, it just looked awful. That it, movie it looks it looks terrible. like a terrible movie. Yeah, it looks Twilight, like yeah. a, like a bad TV. And it's not you're not going to be able to argue with a 13 year old no, girl hey, about the you know quality what? of a movie. Well, that's there. That's anybody that likes poetry. Have a problem with I'll tell you, the, it. I just, the, the actor, the guy that plays Edward, damn near riot on the south side at a mall when he was he here was last week. Yeah, was he in Evergreen Park? He's going to get a lot of <laughs> at the Brickyard Mall. He's going to get a lot of goth tail. Oh yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that guy doesn't need to sleep alone for the rest of his life. Oh my God, Edward! I don't know. I, like I said, I I read about three quarters of that first book, and I was just like, really, this is. He kind of looks goofy, though. This is what people are Has anyone read the Sookie Stackhouse, you know, the stuff that True Blood is based on? No, no. I like True Blood initially. I like looking at Anna Paquin in a t-shirt. That's that's about it. And actually, there was some real I like the actor who played the... Bill? Yeah. Bill. I thought he... Bill. That'd be Bill. And there were some things in it, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Vampires. Vampires are on my ninja hard, list. There's just a lot of hard <laughs> vampires, movies. ninjas. Vampires, ninjas, and post-apocalyptic stories. <laughs> and it's British like, it's, it's, actors. It's I like British method. actors. I just don't like it when they pretend to not be British. It's like if Seymour Butts were one of the directors on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that's what True Blood is to me. It's like, all right, cut to the fucking place. <laughs> all right, all right, we've had about ten minutes of story. Start fucking now. tonight for how many times we say fuckers. What I'm I'm loving is that that Lucy and her publicist are going to be listening. That's true. I'm sorry. (laughs) First, the creepy old man is like leering at me. They turned it off after she was on. Probably. God, I hope. Let's hope so. Sorry, (laughs) Lucy. Hero creates a financial safety net. Simon & Schuster? 
Yes, yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Touchstone Books. They put out um, fucking books too. Oh, sure. Come on. Hero creates a financial safety net for yesterday's creators who need emergency medical aid, financial support, and essentials of life. I'm not going to read the rest of it because you know how important Hero is, and we talked about it last week. You have uh, an opportunity now to uh, uh, donate to Hero. You can do it really easily at our website. We've got a, a PayPal button and uh, donate. Ten dollars or more, and we've got some some freebies that we will send you. What are you I'm cracking sorry. up about? No, I'm, I just <laughs> no, I don't I don't want to get into it. <laughs> it was something integrity. completely. Okay, it was just a vision of. <laughs> no, I was thinking you were talking about the, the hero initiative, and I was thinking you know it's it's getting to be winter and. <laughs> You know, there may be. I, that's I don't, not. I know yeah, where you're I wasn't going. Gonna go I see into that. It. I see I, that. That's road. why I didn't want to get into it. That's, no, that's, that's not. Right. Right. Donate, right. to <laughs> Donate to the hero. Donate to the hero. You can do that by going to aroundcomics.com. We got a, a hero initiative PayPal. You can uh, cool. also go to hero and <laughs> stop it. We can also go to heroinitiative.org or call three one zero nine zero nine seven eight zero nine. We've got about oh, ten gifts ranging from uh, Afro Samurai Deluxe Edition. The com- the the complete yeah I'm gonna throw some stuff in oh. the complete Witchblade series nice. we've got Rich Kozlowski sent me signed editions of well okay I give you, you some I don't know what anybody wants what would you like to do some, some stuff signed copies some of uh, Green Arrow no, Black I don't Canary get you nothing I get you something good. <laughs> uh, okay no yeah. I just say I'll, I'll do whatever you want okay sure. well I didn't know uh, I, I, I we just started doing this one. Yeah, we had so some uh, laying around. Yeah, I got a stack of manga, manga books at home. See, you guys are much I mean, more organized. A box than I, am. I, of I manga. can't do this shit on Word Balloon. I have enough trouble I trying mean, to get the damn episode out. You know? They care, John. I know. Hey, I have you know, a it's crap load right. of manga books at home. It, it's I'm not worth what it. what we've been able to to facilitate for heroes. Probably what I'm the most proud of with around comics. I think to date, it's really the only thing we could be. Proud yeah, you've of. generated a lot of money for <laughs> us, man. We've Kind of going back to what we did at New York Con and with the Month of Heroes. You double digits here? Uh, we've raised a little over $12,000. Say Five figures. Five figures to Hero Initiative from a lowly awesome. podcast. I am very impressed. So, and... Uh, I am not. It, it's... it's, it's Really, the most most important charity that you can give to if you are a comic book fan. That and you know, CBLDF is another great charity. So, um, I'll give you one of my uh, Jerry Ordway Trinity pages. Whoa! Okay, that's that right. Damn! I, I tell you what, it's uh, that's got to be a bigger donation. How, how about for, for um, we gotta have make an auction for that. We're gonna have to have tiered donations. How, how, how about you? Uh, um, if you're interested in a Jerry Ordway inked Mike Norton drawn Trinity page, we'll go ahead and auction it. So. Go ahead and send me your your silent bids on that, and you can send that to Chris at AroundComics.com and uh, bid on it, and we'll, we'll open up the bidding at, at $100. And uh, send in what you uh, um, what you would uh, bid on that, and uh, we'll close uh, we'll close off the the bidding uh, December fifteenth. Sure, sounds. Nice and arbitrary. December December fifteenth. So send that in, and uh, and Mike will send me a scan of the uh, uh, of the page. We'll put that up on the forum so you can take a look at yeah, it. See what you're and, bidding uh, on. Hmm? See what you're bidding on. Obviously. Absolutely. So uh, so go to aroundcomics.com. Uh, go to the forum. We'll have that posted. And thank you, Mike. That's sure. a, it's very generous. So uh, we'll get that. Heck, I might I might have to bid on that. All I got is um, rock. <laughs> 
But You're gonna end up buying it. You'll be oh, the did highest you, bidder. Did you see what I scored today? No, I did not see Check what you scored today. That's why Hillary dropped. Oh, by. is that Hillary page? Yeah. <coughs> I, there's a page of his that I want to buy. Oh, nice! Yeah, wow. Trillo. It's, it's Hillary inked over Chirillo. Oh, that's great. Isn't that awesome? Really nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, I'm very. That's a lovely Heath Houston. <laughs> All right. Yes. So, so yes, you can uh, email email me with your silent bids for uh, for the the Mike and and and, and Ordway. Yeah, I this sucker needs to go for. It won't go for less than two fifty because that'll be at least your bid. That will at least be my bid. So, so email me with. How email. much of the twelve thousand is from you? <laughs> <laughs> A few hundred. Um, don't tell my wife that. Uh, but but if you don't want to go um, the the bigger money for the for the original art page, we do have um, you know like I said the uh, the Afro Samurai deluxe uh, director's cut, the uh, complete Witchblade on DVD. Very worth we've, it, kids. We've got the uh, the um, uh, Rich, Rich Kozlowski, the King, the King. copies, and I've oh, got some cool. other. Crap. I got some other stuff too. I yeah. got like I said, I got a crapload of manga books i got a couple of novels people have sent me i've got i just i just bought the uh, uh the uh, hellboy library edition so i've got oh hellboy God. trades that i can send you that are reprinted and, in the, and so yeah i've got i've got some there was something else i wanted to buy and replace trades with I so so help veteran comic book creators and get some cool stuff I've here here some, uh hellboy Dark Horse Presents issues. Ooh. Very nice. I could maybe do it. Part with. Man, that'd be tough. Do it. Do it. Do it. Oh, I got a complete run. Oh, All right. Don't do it. <laughs> we'll All right. That one. Well, I tell you what, this is a really it long episode. I'm going to tear through this really quick. Uh, check out Tom versus The Flash. Uh, it's a two, fine show. Two, two, three times a week as Tom walks you through the history of the DC Universe one issue at a time. Footnotes, on, if you will. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm on 11 o'clock comics every week with uh, uh, Vince B., David Price, and Wood. Making uh, no sense in crazy conspiracy people call theories. In. <laughs> I'm telling you, like Norton and I tear out our hair listening to this. Crazy people call in. That's right. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Lucy. Um, Mike and I are starting a weapons crazy weapons. Podcast yeah, what's the name? Overkill Show. www.overkillshow.com. I will be the ninja star specialist. I have no doubt. I, the site's already up. You were all excited about your batterings the other day, crazy man. I saw you. Batterings are sweet. You and then it. I found bat. I don't know what the hell Wolver- Wolverine claws. There's all sorts of crazy shit. Um, I'd like to thank uh, uh, Lucy Nisley uh, once again for uh, for dropping by talking about French milk. Once again, available uh, uh, Touchstone Books uh, at your uh, at your uh, finer comic shops and bookstores. Uh, Mike, thanks for dropping by. John, sure. always good to hear from you. We got uh, um, uh, Brandon and Kyle. We're sitting here in the in the around comics the peanut audience. gallery. Uh, <laughs> thanks to uh, to Mark as always for hosting us here at uh, Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles. Everyone have a fantastic rest of your week and weekend. We'll be back again right. on Monday with another full length episode. In the meantime, in between time, we'll be everywhere in out and around. Comics. Crazy conspiracy and fucking. shit. Fucking in three, two, one. Oh, God, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie White, Bonnie White, Bonnie White made a deal for some angel food. Do you 
views expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and may not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. Any reproduction, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of Around Comics is strictly prohibited. All content presented in this program is the sole property of Around Comics, and this has been an Around Comics production, copyright 2008.